This is Barry Zelma, Zelma on Insurance. I am an attorney who has retired from the practice of law and now spend my time as an insurance claims consultant and expert witness, an author and producer of these videos. Although everybody seems to know what a statute of limitations is, when dealing with construction defects, one must also understand the statutes of repose, which are totally different from a statute of limitations. Generally, in California and many other states, a lawsuit alleging a latent construction defect must be brought within three or four years, depending on the theory of recovery, after the plaintiff discovers or should have discovered the defect. The California legislature capped the open-ended nature of this discovery rule when it enacted Code of Civil Procedure Section 337.15, a statute of repose that established a further general rule that no action for latent construction defects may be commenced more than 10 years after substantial completion of the construction project. This absolute 10-year limitations period applies regardless of when the defect was discovered. Where claims arising from a construction project are based on contract or statutory duties, the 10-year absolute limitation period that is the statute of repose will not apply in California. This point was recently illustrated by the California 4th District Court of Appeal after the San Diego Unified School District filed contractual and tort claims against San Diego County seeking reimbursement for environmental remedial work on school district property previously leased to the county on which the county had operated a landfill back in the 1960s. Shortly before the scheduled trial date, the parties filed cross motions. The district sought a finding it was entitled to damages from the county. The county's motion asserted several grounds including the bar of the 10-year statute of repose for latent construction defects set forth in Code of Civil Procedure Section 337.15. The county argued the statute applied because the landfill amounted to an improvement to real property that had been completed in 1967. The trial court granted the county's motion and denied the district's motion. The appellate court began its analysis with the language of the statute itself, finding it does not allow an untimely action for damages based on a latent deficiency in construction of an improvement or based on property injury arising out of such latent deficiency. The Court of Appeal recognized that, generally, for limitations purposes, construction defect allegations 
may be treated as arising under a contractual theory of breach of warranty or as claims of tortious injury to property. However, Section 337.15 treats construction defects differently. Section 337.15 is a statute of repose, which is a particular kind of limitation provision that should be distinguished from garden-variety limitation statutes that simply provide for various periods for the commencement of specified actions. The purpose of a statute of repose is to protect contractors and other professionals and tradespeople in the construction industry from perpetual exposure to liability for their work. Section 337.15 has been held to be a statute of repose barring all suits after the expiration of a specified time from the manufacturer or delivery of a product or a transaction. It does not cut off an existing right of action, but rather provides that nothing that happens thereafter can be a cause of action. A statute of repose for actions arising out of improvements to real property differs from a statute of limitations in that the repose period starts to run on the date of the substantial completion of the improvement, while the limitations period starts to run on the date of a plaintiff's injury. The district's claim for damages was not subject to the statute of repose, and the trial court's granting of the county's motion was reversed since there were allegations that could be used to prove a cause of action in favor of the district. The San Diego opinion teaches that the nature of the right sued upon, or the principal purpose of the action, rather than the form of action or the relief demanded, determines the applicable statute of limitations or whether a statute of repose applies. In the construction defect context, the opinion should remind those involved with improvements to real property that the mere fact that a damage claim involves in some way a construction project does not automatically mean the 10-year absolute statute of repose applies. Other causes of action, not related to construction defects, may allow a plaintiff to recover. The absolute statute of repose is not, therefore, absolute. A structural defect arises from a breach of the statutory duty to construct a safe building. The owner is liable regardless of whether he or she knew or should have known that the defect existed. However, a defect based on failure to construct a safe building is barred by the statute of repose. The court concluded there was no evidence of actual or constructive notice that the recessed drain was unsafe, and since no one had ever fallen in this location before, there was no evidence that the builder knew or in the exercise of reasonable care 
should have known that the condition was unsafe. The defendants, therefore, were allowed to maintain the dismissal of the suit on both the bar of the statute of repose and the lack of notice of a hazard sufficient to support a suit for negligence. Some try to avoid the statute of repose by claiming fraud, material misrepresentation, or concealment of material facts. The attempts usually fail. The Mississippi Supreme Court concluded that fraudulent concealment does not toll a statute of repose. The court's ruling relied on historical findings of its predecessors. Mississippi recognizes the difference between a statute of repose and a statute of limitations by stating, quote, a statute of limitation is distinguishable from a statute of repose in the sense that the latter cuts off the right of action after a specified period of time measured from the delivery of a product or the completion of work. Statutes of repose do so regardless of the time of the accrual of the cause of action or of notice of the invasion of a legal right. The Mississippi statute requires that a successful claim of fraudulent concealment does set the date of accrual of the underlying cause of action to the time it was, or should have been, discovered. The applicable statute of limitations for the underlying cause of action may be told to the date complying with the appropriate statutes. However, it was clear to the Mississippi court that the six-year statute of repose is not affected by the date of accrual and by extension not told by any other statute. A successful claim of fraudulent concealment does not told the statute of repose. Also, in Tennessee, the discovery rule that is used to determine when a cause of action accrues under a statute of limitations has no effect on, nor does it toll, the statute of repose. The Court of Appeal held that the statute of repose applied because a walk-in cooler in an improvement to real property and the claim was filed after the expiration of the statutory period. In Fairview Heights Condominium Association versus RL Investors, a New Jersey Superior Court decision from 2011 dealt with the statute of repose and concluded that by statute, Architects and builders are protected from liability claims presented against them more than 10 years after completion of the services rendered, or more than 10 years after the completion of the building. The Washington State Statute of Repose provides, quote, All claims or causes of action as set forth in RCW 4.16.300 shall accrue and the applicable statute of limitation shall begin to run during the period within six years after substantial completion of construction 
or during the period within six years after the termination of the services enumerated in the statute, whichever is later. The courts have characterized the statute of repose as preventing what might otherwise be a viable cause of action from ever arising, injury occurring more than 10 years after the performance of the negligent act simply forms no basis for recovery. There is no equitable tolling of the statute of repose. There's no tolling of any kind of a statute of repose. Unlike a conventional statute of limitations, the statute of repose does not bar a remedy, but rather prevents the cause of action from ever arising. The statute is entirely unrelated to the accrual of any cause of action, and an injury occurring more than 10 years after the negligent act allegedly responsible for the harm forms no basis for recovery. The injured party literally has no cause of action. This was stated in Port Imperial Condominium Association versus Hovnanian, a uh, 2011 decision of the New Jersey Courts of Appeal. This video was adapted from my book, Construction Defects and Insurance, Volume 7, which is available as both a Kindle book and a paperback from Amazon.com and is one of the eight-volume work on construction defects and insurance. If you found this video to be interesting or useful to you, please, please subscribe to my Rumble channel and to my YouTube channel so that you can be informed of new videos and also subscribe to my blog so that you can be informed of all new blog postings. Thank you for your attention.